Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So on today's show, I'd like to introduce Renata Gianquito from Ren Coaching. So welcome, Renata. Thank you, Karen. Lovely to speak to you. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the show today. So for our listeners, first of all, what is Ren Coaching? Okay, Karen, so I'm going to be a little bit cheeky and I'm not going to answer straight away. Uh, and I'm going to tell you instead um, why Ren Coaching. Why Ren Coaching, okay. wonderful. Um, so I'd like to just take you back to a specific point in my life, which I think was, was a, you know, a turning point for me. Um, I was head of service excellence for a, um, a manufacturing company, and it was a position that I had actually longed for for years. So I had worked myself up you know, in, uh, on the career ladder, and I really thought that that's what I wanted to do, that I wanted to be one day an MD, and, and, and that was my path. So you were, sorry, you were customer service and then sales and leadership, and you really thought, you know what, I'm going to climb this career ladder even further, didn't you? This is it, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'd been in that environment for years um, and I'd gone, you know, from team member to team leader to manager, yeah. et cetera. Um, and I think I just caught up in that in in, in that world, you know, as many yeah. do. Um, and I had got uh, the, the job and then I had to get the car because of course it goes, you know, all my other fellow yeah. leaders, yes. So I had my fancy car. Um, yeah, and uh, and basically, um, I it was a Monday morning. It was half past nine, um, and I had my inbox was absolutely overflowing with yeah. emails. I'm sure that many people can yeah. can relate to that. Um, and and then the phone had already rang, and, and I mean, no no word of a lie. I looked at my phone, and I think it had already had ten phone calls from different people, different departments having problems needing me, and I just burst out crying yeah I was yeah. I was in Help. this meeting room yeah and I thought how can I be this overwhelmed at half past nine on a Monday morning and I've had the weekend as well to relax you know um and um and and that really triggered something in me um yeah. and 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 basically I think I I I had burnt out re- realistically and um I was really fortunate because through my leadership development, I had already met uh, a coach. And so I contacted that coach and I asked if we could do one-to-one work just on a personal level um, to to just figure out what was going on, um, you know, and how to get unstuck effectively. And and that's why I say that, that coaching came to the rescue for me because it really helped me figure out some big truths about about myself how old were you at the time when you first took on these roles oh i mean i've been in leadership i think for at least the last 10 years so i think since being 25 probably i've been i've been you know gradually um, going for those roles I think it's a huge responsibility. You know, you've got your own kind of personal life and your home life and things that are going on around there. And you kind of have to, you know, switch off from that. And you get you do get caught up in the corporate world because I've I've been there myself. I totally understand it. And then you start questioning, well, 
why can't I do it? What's wrong with me? What, why can't I, you know, why can't I cope? But it's just a natural, your body's telling you, hang on a minute, you need to address this. Your body's Absolutely. a great doctor in itself, isn't it? Right, stop, yes. we need to pause, take a breath. <laughs> so um, so good on you for, for you know, seeking uh, help as such from a coach. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, if I hadn't um, received prior to, to, to this moment in my life, if I, if I hadn't come across a coach, I wouldn't have known that that's the person, you know, that I could rely on. Yeah. But I think it was just... it. I am absolutely in love with coaching, you know, um, and, uh, and and really what, what it is, is that it's it's like somebody holding up a mirror for you. Yes. And and the thing is that if a loved one does it, if a friend does it, whomever, some, somehow is not the same. But if somebody who works with you, for you, you know, and is independent, holds up that mirror, you can see a lot more than than you normally would yeah. and and for me what I realized was that there were what well, you know in coaching terms we always talk about self-limiting beliefs um and and I really believed that I couldn't give up my job because I thought well how who in the right mind would give up a well-paid job uh, after having worked so hard on this and the fabulous car this is it <laughs> this is it there's the car there's I, I mean from it I'm from Italy originally um and really people a lot of women in my uh, on my age in Italy they they no matter how much they've studied they haven't they haven't managed to get the career because it's just not quite a land of opportunities as yeah. as I believe the UK is you know yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and I thought how how can I be so ungrateful you know so there was a there was a lot of that yeah. the money aspect absolutely massive thing that was playing on my mind and then I thought and what would my dad say because my yeah. dad always had this thing where he said oh lit, my little Renata is my because I'm the youngest so my little Renata um, is my big manager and I thought oh, what am I going to do now what am I going to say to him at you doesn't it but you should be so proud of yourself you should be so proud because if it wasn't for that well I know you call it a meltdown and it's it's, there's nothing wrong with that you wouldn't have made such a success of Ren coaching today so we are going to come back to Ren coaching and talk about that in more detail but you've had such a wonderful journey so far (laughs) for your young years so you were born in Naples and you moved to UK at a delicate age, really, of 15. So let's take us back to your experiences and your life in Naples. You know, before <laughs> you move into the UK, it's fantastic. OK, OK. Um, I mean, Naples is a, is a city of uh, contrasts, I would say. So okay. you can see immense beauty, but you can also see uh, a lot of um, I don't know how to describe it, really, but it's a uh, it, it's it's what clash you know clashes and uh, and uh, sometimes poverty um sometimes you know corruption of course a lot of people you know uh, have heard of that as well um and it's just a bit of a crazy world it's it's very chaotic um and and it's it's strange because I was ever so young you know when I look back but I knew that that was not the place where I wanted to be and um and and it's funny because I was on on a bus you know it's one of those things that you you mature something within you and then when it comes out it just comes out like a snap you know and um and I was on the bus and and I had to do this two hours commute each way to get to school from where I was Um, and we were just enormous (laughs) isn't it two hours there two hours back there's four hours I know 
Exactly. And, you know, uh, it, we were squeezed like sardines because the, 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 there was no, you know, the, the bus driver. I know that now in England, I found out that he will say, I'm sorry, we're full, yeah. but it doesn't happen there. So no. we were just all crammed with each other. And then, you know, you'd have to like sort of watch the pickpockets. Uh, oh, no, for, and and he's just like, I must have been oh, in a sweater. Yes. <laughs> I can picture it. I've been on the I mean, know exactly what you mean. It's just incredible. I mean, one day, the bus driver, uh, I'm sorry I digress, but he basically just pulled up the bus. Yeah, we were all in, all packed, yeah. outside a, a cafe shop. And uh, he had to go for an espresso and a croissant. <laughs> and then he, he came back in. <laughs> oh, well, I, I can see where he's coming from. Didn't he get one for all the millions of people on the bus? <laughs> Sadly not. I think that's what upset us. <laughs> My goodness, would have cost him an arm and a leg, wouldn't it? Oh, so you yeah. moved to, so you moved to England mm. when you were fifteen, and you lived with a host family. So that must have been a really delicate time for you, leaving your family and the independence and security at that age when you're kind of coming into your own. So tell us about that experience. I think that's that was absolutely amazing. Um, I think that the blessing in disguise was that we I was. You know, when you're 15, you don't have that maturity that obviously you hold in sort of 20 years later. And um, when I look back and now that I have children, I'm like, wow, what, you know, what, what a thing to yeah. do. But back then I just yeah. thought, oh, it's fine. You know, I'm just, you know, going to England, nothing to worry about. And and I had this kind of, in like, I remember at the airport, I had a big teddy with me. It's crazy, oh. isn't it? Because you're kind of like a 15, you're in between worlds. You're yeah. like, you know, you're still, yeah. half of it is still a child and then you think that you're an adult. Anyway, um, so we went to stay with the host family. I went to stay with the host family in Cambridge um, because there was an international college there. So there was, you know, they, they set you up with uh, with families that also do look, they do look after you. It's not just about putting you up, you know, and feeding yeah. you. And they were absolutely amazing people. Uh, and it was in a uh, in a beautiful farm uh, land, oh, you know. And I thought that all of England was like that. For the records, you know, this is <laughs> this is the funny thing. I thought, oh right. wow, it's like in films. <laughs> Fantastic! It's hilarious. And uh, and then it was a shock to the system. I went to school. I didn't understand anything. I thought that I could speak English, but clearly I couldn't. So yeah, I just the speed I was as just well in and the shock. different accents and things. It's, it must be really <laughs> difficult to pick up. Absolutely. I remember calling my mom afterwards and I cried and I said, Mom, I didn't understand anything of what they were saying to me. Um, it was, you know, it was it was hard at first and I was really missing pasta. I was mortified on a Sunday you wouldn't have lasagna. So what's that all about? It's a Sunday roast, roast beef, roast chicken. Yeah. So do you cook a lasagna on a Sunday now or are you a typical roast dinner kind of girl? Oh, I'm a hybrid nowadays because I've been in England long. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. So you attended the University of Manchester to study languages and you actually met your now husband at the Freshers' Ball. So tell us more about tell us more about that. 
Um, yeah, so I, I, you see, Karen, years ago, I used to tell a very romantic version of this story. Okay, it was my romantic <laughs> version, uh, where, you know, especially to my Italian friends who pictured the Freshers' Ball as this uh, thing from, you know, uh, many years ago in, in England with the big gowns. Well, it wasn't like that. Okay, and I've now adopted my husband's uh, version of the story, which is a lot more <laughs> succinct. <laughs> so I was in my first year. He was in his last year okay. and I mean he has a bit of a joke with me it's just to wind me up and he says I was there to pick up freshers and yeah I can and I, I just fell for Ben uh, oh. straight away I, I, I have to say uh, I know it might sound a bit cheesy but I really did I was just absolutely mesmerized and um, the blue eyes what can I say you know oh, we don't get many of those in Naples <laughs> Of course. So this might be a daft question because obviously your surname, Italian, Gianquito, but some mm. people keep their, their maiden name even when they're married. So is your husband English or is he Italian? He's English, but his surname. So two things. Yeah. First of all, we don't lose our surname in Italy. Okay. okay. Um, so you just keep it. Yeah. Um, so it's not a thing, you know, you'd have to actually apply to change it, like as if you didn't like your surname and you just want to, wow, that's to total, you know, lose totally it. the opposite, yeah. isn't it, in the UK? Yeah. I, th I think he actually changed um, probably, um, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I, I think it's a recent change in terms of, you know, your keeping up your personality and everything yeah, as yeah. women. So, um, <clears throat> and then uh, my husband's surname means death in Italian, French and Spanish. <laughs> since I've always uh, worked with you know yes, uh, yes. foreign customers I thought that I really couldn't introduce myself as Mrs Mort as in Mrs Death so I've uh, you know all the so more reasons surname, to hold on, on quickly to... quickly for our listeners let's go back slowly so your husband's surname is Morg Mort M-O-R-T oh, I thought it was Morg well that's fine that's fine yes you might have had less clients maybe <laughs> You know, life coach, Mrs. Oh, Death, brilliant. Fabulous. Mm. But that's such a lovely story. So after your studies, we've talked about you working in customer service sales, leadership roles and what happened with your, your breakdown. But you've also had some other sad experiences as, as you, you lost your mother in the last sort of seven years. Yes, I, I did very sadly. Um, really so... sorry to hear that, Renata, really sorry to hear that. Thank you. So yeah, um, I um, basically with you know, as you do, everything was going well. And you, yeah. you know, you don't expect these things. You don't think that uh, it's going to be one of, uh, you know, that it's going to happen to you or your family. And, and my mom died of cancer. And she, you know, and she was diagnosed and it was a very uh, quick thing, basically. So we found out in the summer, I had a two-year-old by then, um, and um, and I was working, and and she she my mom has always been uh, a rock, you know, a very very strong yeah. lady, um, and you know, and she was playing it down as much as she could. Um, we thought that she was doing well, uh, but then basically um, after six months, we found out that it was just a matter of weeks. So oh. what we did for the remaining seven weeks, I, I'm part, my, I've got a brother and a sister. We decided that um, we would always have at least one child next to her um, until she passed away. So we were basically on a rota where every week one of us would fly out and, and come back. And I have to say it was um yes it, it was a very tough time yeah. um 
being so far away from her as well. I know you managed to get to see her regularly, but that must have been tough for you because you had your yes. own family and absolutely it was a bit like living two different lives you know yeah. and uh, and and I think it's amazing um how the the mind works I think you know we always think that um we might not be able to cope with uh, with with difficulties but I think that the reality is that our suffering comes normally from thinking about the past and the future but when we are in the moment we just do it and when I was in the moment I just did it you know I used to go to work with my passport in my in my handbag because if I had the call I would fly out on the day um and um and and actually I remember only allowing myself to cry on the plane because when I got home I'd have to be upbeat for my son um and and when I got to the other side you know to Italy I'd have to be strong for my mom and and I did it you know and I think it's normally afterwards that um you've got a bit the aftermath and and you've got to process it it basically yeah yeah So let's move on to the birth of Ren Coaching, because this is fabulous. You've done absolutely marvellous. So congratulations on your new little baby. So let's talk about that. So there's quite a few things involved, isn't there? You do children and adult coaching, life and well-being coaching. You have one-to-one group sessions, relaxed kids. And you've also got a fabulous new area called Finding Balance. And I don't know where to start. It all sounds so fantastic. (laughs) So I'll, I'll hand over to you. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, um, so Ren Coaching is a love story. It's about passion. It's about love. And it's about realizing in my life that I wanted to help people, you yeah. know, as a living. So um, so that's really the, the ethos behind it is, is helping people, um, establishing well-being wellness in their life and I think a big thing you know you know you've obviously mentioned my mom and and it really made me think a lot um, about looking after ourselves um, and and the importance of it I think it all stems back to our relationship with ourselves whatever happens you know in in our life and and so what I do is I work with adults and you know and I do coaching um, and and I basically walk along them on their wellness journey and I support them in making changes you know the change that they desire um and and it's a transformative process basically and what sort of techniques do you use with with your clients well the I think that the techniques stem from from coaching okay and really what um what it is about is about asking questions the questions that you wouldn't ordinarily ask yourself, you know, because we are so caught up in the hamster wheel of life, yeah, you know, yeah. we all live at such a high pace that realistically, even if you wanted to, you don't sit down and have and take stock. Okay, let's have a look at my life now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know, you don't. There's no time We're just busy running. No, running around the hamster wheel, aren't we? Like you say, absolutely. And and when you have that headspace to actually slow down it's amazing the sessions are normally one hour long you know um and but everything just quietens down and and you get clarity and clarity comes when you are not overthinking when you're not stressed when you're not doing a thousand things you know um it it, it's when every a bit like a snow globe you know if you agitate everything is going around but it's when you put it down that the snow falls down and it settles and that's when you've got clarity that's when you can see 
And, and that's what I do. So I create the environment for it. I ask the questions and then I also play them back. That's a big thing about coaching. You reframe it, you yeah. recap and you say, okay, well, I hear that you're saying A, B and C. How, how does that sound? And the insights that people have by listening to that are, are actually quite profound because they're, li- they're hearing themselves, you know, played back. But there is no judgment because a coach doesn't judge. A coach is just there for you, you know, to hold that mirror. And that process is it's really not as effective if you do it with your loved ones and or, you know, your friends, just because the inevitably when you talk to a loved one about a problem, they will go into advice mode. yeah? Yeah. And they will say, well, I think, okay, I hear what you're saying. Why don't you try this exactly. is in this. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And also, a, a person probably would hold back and would feel maybe a bit silly or embarrassed to let it all out to a family member or, or yeah. a friend. So they wouldn't really let go completely, I don't think. True, very true as well. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, I've been um, very much inspired by somebody called Jamie Smart. He's um, uh, an author and public speaker and um, and I, I always remember the sentence that he said when uh, he explained about coaching. He said, you know, it, when people in life are stuck, it's not because they're suffering from an advice deficiency. And yeah, it, it's it's brilliant. not. That's yeah. not what it is. So there people don't come to me for advice, you know, um, because the truth is, if somebody tells you to do something is never going to be powerful. No. It's when it comes from within you that that it will it will happen. Definitely. So, yeah. So let's talk about relaxed kids coaching. What's involved with that? So Relaxed Kids is an organization that was founded about uh, 20 years ago. um, And it's um, it's basically teaching children mindfulness and emotional resilience through playing. Okay. Yeah. I think that's that's really powerful. And and I love that because I a lot of the work I do with adults shows me how many problems are actually stemming from you know the younger ages the relationship with ourselves is something that we form when we are children yeah and 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 so i, I see coaching as almost like you know a, a, if inverted commas cure you know it's like a curative approach but i see what i do with children like a preventative measure you know yeah. to say why don't we establish the relationship with ourselves early on, understand what we have to do with our feelings and how to prevent that judgment, you know, the judgment of how we feel and what we do and, you know, beating ourselves up about, about things that we do or do not do. It's so debilitating, you know, um, that build up, don't they? Totally. And, and when the first lockdown happened, I, I'd, uh, I was in the process of finishing you know, my qualification in coaching. And I thought there's got to be something for children, you know, yeah. uh, and I had my own children. My, my eldest was really struggling. He was telling me that the world was a dark place and, you know, it was only eight years old. And, and I thought I've got to find tools that allow yeah. me to explain all the, the stuff that I've learned in adult coaching for children to help him. And, and I can't tell you what profound um, changes he has made on me as a parent, but, yeah. but on, on my children as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Because in this country, obviously, we don't have um, like a therapist as such for children, where in, say, for example, America, 
every child has a therapist, which is amazing. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Because it would avoid quite a lot of distress further down the line, wouldn't it? You know, oh, I call my therapist, this is on my mind, I call my therapist. And I don't know if that's a free service like a doctor is, like on the NHS over here. I don't quite Mm. know how it works, to be fair. Um, I mean, is it like that in Italy or is it more like the UK? There's not a therapist on hand like there is in America. I would say that it's uh, it's it's more like the UK. If yeah. anything, it's it's worse, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I just think, uh, you know, why uh, helping children? It's just it's it's absolutely amazing. One one, it was a few days ago. I went to um, a school, a year six school. And I, I went there to to explain how the brain works and, and why it is important to to relax, you know, to to help ourselves and etc. Anyway, so I explained all of this and um, and this, you know, this is something that we learn when we're training, you know, with relaxed kids. And I took a water bottle uh, which had lots of sparkles in it uh, and and glitter and 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 I said, okay, children. So this is what happens when we've got the stress going on. And that's not just about a tiger about to jump on you. You know, yeah. it, it can be that you're stressed about your exams. This is what's going to happen. All the chemicals, such as you know, your adrenaline and everything else, the cortisol, it, they're going to all shake up and I shut the water bottle and all the glitter was swirling around and yeah. and um, you know and these are your swirly thoughts and one child said to me I am so happy that you've told me this because I thought I was the only one who experienced swirly thoughts oh bless him um, that's how they yeah being. oh that's beautiful that's beautiful oh that's yeah. really interesting so you've also um, recently launched finding balance so can you expand on expand on that for us as well of course. So finding balance has been um, my latest inspiration because um, I think I, I'm a bit addicted to going back to studying. So I went and did uh, a bit more after the, after the coaching uh, qualification. And, um, and I went back to the British School of Coaching and they were offering uh, a well-being program for coaches. Um, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it makes so much sense. I mean, it's a buzzword, isn't it? Well-being. Everybody's yeah. talking yeah. about it. Um, but actually, what does it really mean? You know, that's what, what I thought when, when, when I was studying and, and I was so inspired by finding out that the studies all confirmed the same as, as I sort of thought within me, which is it all goes back to the relationship with yourself, you know, um, no matter where you start. So the idea really with my program is that we will take a helicopter view of your life and, uh, and and if you figure, you know, you've asked me about tools, one of the tools that is used in coaching a lot is the wheel of life. So, you know, you figure you imagine your life in a, in a circle and, and then you like a pie chart yeah. and you put, you know, all your key elements in it, your career, your relationship, your physical well-being, etc. And then you you basically have a look at it and you fill it, you know, and, and, and try to figure out each each pie section, how how fulfilled is it? And then you try to turn that wheel. And is it a bumpy ride? You know, how is it? That's that's the the whole idea behind the balance. You know, for me, makes sense. It it, it's about the, you know, it's a holistic approach. It's looking at your whole life and understanding what's going on, taking that time to understand what's going on, what doesn't work, what works, what good looks like. Okay, and then I design um, 
uh, well, I, I assist with designing a, a wellness vision, okay, and a wellness plan. So magic wand, if I wear a Karen, what would you like to happen? What what does good look like to you? Let's yeah. let's imagine. Um, and then we basically take stock and we say, okay, we are starting from here. So X marks the spot. This is where we're starting from. And this is where we want to get to. But how will you know if you've got there? And what are the incremental steps that you can put in? Because so many of us talk about success and we think that we are unsuccessful. And actually a lot of it is because we're, either we're not measuring or we are not measuring the progress in between. So we're just waiting for the final outcome. And that's not what it is about. No, and the thing is as well, I think with, with, with a lot of us, we compare ourselves to others. It's oh, yeah. just built in. Um, and also you've got to think of, you know friendships or you know family members it might be draining as well we don't realize I don't think that sometimes that can have a massive impact on our our well-being totally Karen and one of the things that in coaching is done regularly when we talk about change is to understand your support network is to look around you and and understand because it's never an isolated Work, you know job or work to do because we are part of of our own uh, sort of uh, network and 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 the, the, our outside community the in and, and society um, and it's so important to understand what is going on around you yeah. that will also have an impact and how can you use what tools have you got that will actually set you up for success what yeah. people will be there for you exactly yeah Oh, Renata, it's been so lovely talking to you today. I could keep on talking. It's an <laughs> interesting subject. So for our listeners, if anybody wants to take part or get in contact with you or have any questions, how can they get in touch with you? So I am on, uh, so my website is www.ren.coach and uh, Ren is like the bird because it's a play on words. Okay, so it's uh, W-R-E-N. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as Ren Coaching. Um, So yeah, any of those social media, LinkedIn as well as Renata Gianquito. So any of those, they can can come across. That's right. Well, I know there's quite a few things we haven't covered because I know you've you've got an ambition for a well-being oasis. So we must come back on the show and we'll talk about that as well. So oh, thank again, you. it's been great talking to you and I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much, Karen. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to karenlindakelly at btinternet.com.